Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up? What's up, everybody? Ricky Whitmer here, and welcome in to the Primetime Podcast here on Most Valuable Podcast. Want to thank you guys for checking us out for another week. But as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And Brandon, another good week of college football. Alabama, LSU had a good game. We had Nebraska, or as Colin Cowherd would call them, the fake ID, getting blown out by Ohio State. And then the Washington Huskies, they just kept on rolling against Cal this week. Some more good games, and hopefully these games that we had this week are going to solidify a college football playoff ranking that we can use at the end of the year. Yeah, you would like to think so, right? But uh, I think that there were a lot of really interesting games, especially that Texas A&M versus Mississippi State Them game that came down to the one. wire, and they get a loss, their second loss. They were the number four team, and now they're booted out of there, at least in the AP poll. They've gone down to 10. They'll also be booted out of there in the playoff rankings as well. There's no way they, they stay up there. But, hey, now that kind of gives you a little look into what this committee is maybe mm-hmm. looking at, not necessarily zeros in the lost column, but who they really think is the four best teams. Well, and that's the most interesting thing. And before we get into our first topic, I'll kind of over overlay the show for you guys. The first thing me and Brandon are going to talk about is that just issue. We're going to predict the top four that we are going to see on Tuesday from the selection committee in college football for the playoff. Then we're going to dive into some Washington. Could an undefeated Washington team be left out of the playoff when it's all said and done? And then look at the top two teams in college football, Alabama and Michigan, and kind of answer the question, should the Crimson Tide kind of be looking over their shoulders at the Michigan Wolverines coming right behind them. But, Brandon, the first thing we are going to dive into is these college football rankings, and that was the big thing last week. I was driving home from work late last Tuesday night, and they were kind of going over the rankings on ESPN Chicago, and when they said, oh, Texas A&M coming in at number four, I immediately thought of our our good friend Sean Anderson and how angry he was going to be that the Washington Huskies were left out of the top four. But I think that at, at the same time, you take a look at who A&M had played, how they had played against those uh, those ranked opponents, and they played better against those opponents than Washington played against nobody. Well, the SEC greater than the Pac-12, right? That's what that meant. That's what that meant. The Pac-12 is a weaker conference than the SEC. So even though you lost to an Alabama... You beat more ranked teams in your conference just because of who's there, and that Alabama loss doesn't look that bad because you lost to Alabama, who's the best team in the country. Well, you beat US, UCLA when they were ranked. Mm-hmm. You, you beat a, what is now a good Auburn team. You beat an Arkansas team uh, that 
that was ranked at the time at 17. You beat a Tennessee team who was at the time ranked number nine, who was playing some good, some, I'll use good loosely, mm-hmm. good football. You you kept the game relatively close against Alabama, 33-14. to 14. You didn't get blown out like Tennessee did. I, I think that uh, you played some much better opponents than what Washington has played. So it makes sense. I, I think people were probably surprised, but I, I think it makes sense when you take a look at it. And then, unfortunately, you lose this game to Mississippi State this, this past weekend, 35-28. to 28. But then again, you have to remember, Trevor Knight got hurt. He was mm-hmm. not playing healthy when he was in there for a couple of snaps anyways. But there's still some big games, Ole Miss, and then you play LSU to end the season. Well, and the big thing that will be interesting to look at this time, this week, and I know that the funny thing is these rankings are going to be coming out on Election Day this week, so we kind of got some two big things that are going to be announced. Who's going to be running the country and who's going to be in the playoff picture after the first 10 weeks of the season. To me, it's going to be interesting to see, and in my mind, there are two teams that could overtake a Washington team in the playoffs this week, Ohio State and Louisville. And really it comes down to what are you going to do as a committee? Are you going to finally say, okay, Washington, you're undefeated. We're going to put you in at that fourth spot. Or are they going to say, hey, you know what? You played a Cal team. Yeah, you got a big win over it. But, hey, this Ohio State Buckeye team, they kind of blew out the, uh, the number 10 team on our rankings in Nebraska. So even though there are some people out there that didn't give Nebraska any respect, kind of like last year's Iowa team, does the committee go, hey, you know what, this Ohio State team, they played pretty good against a ranked team. We're going to put them ahead. Or do they say, you know what, this Louisville team's been good. They have one loss as well. If it's you, Brandon, and you're sitting there in the committee, do you think there's, before I ask you who's in, who's out, are there any other teams than the two that I listed, Ohio State, Louisville, that you could see overtaking Washington for that fourth spot in this Tuesday's rankings? Uh, no, I, I really don't. I, I think that those are the two teams that I think most people will be be taking a look at. Uh, you know, Wisconsin has still been there, but I don't think that they're any more powerful than, than Louisville or, or Ohio State uh, when it comes down to that. Auburn, I, I don't think so either. And, and then certainly not Oklahoma. Uh, but I, I, I think that Louisville and Ohio State are probably the two teams that they'd be looking at outside of Washington. The three before that, Alabama, Michigan, and Clemson, are locked mm-hmm. in there at those three spots. But it's that number four spot right now that's that's up for grabs. And certainly the committee was not willing to give it to Washington last week. They have a big blowout win over Cal this past weekend. But I still don't know if they give it to them. Well, and the big thing that I'm looking at is kind of on ESPN, they have this playoff picture thing. And under resume ranks, this is the rankings for their resume, they've got some interesting things. Strength of schedule, strength of record, and then um, what they're calling game control. And if we look at the three teams, Washington, Louisville, and Ohio State, because really those are the three teams, maybe in Auburn we can throw in there later in the year, but they would have to beat an Alabama squad to even be pushed into that discussion no matter how well they're playing right now. But if we look at, like, strength of schedule, Ohio State's got, out of those three, Ohio State's got the best at 42, Louisville's in the middle, 55, Washington's at the bottom with 67. 
Then you look at strength of record. Washington has the best because they have won every single game. Then Ohio State, then Louisville. Then in game control, this is one that'll be interesting because Washington's at a two right behind Alabama. So they have a better game control than Michigan and Clemson. But then Ohio State at five, Louisville at six. So to me, it's going to be interesting which one of these three the committee kind of goes in on. And to me, the one I would focus in on is kind of like college basketball. You got to go in with that strength of schedule because to me, Ohio State has played the tougher schedule. And that schedule ain't going to get any more easier, especially when you got Michigan sitting there at the end of the year. And then if you beat Michigan and you're able to go to the Big Ten title game, that means you get another shot at either Nebraska or Wisconsin maybe. And that's just going to boost your strength of schedule yet again. So to me, that's the one I would focus in on. And if that's the case, if I'm Washington, I'm kind of sitting there a little nervous because what are you going to do? What's on your schedule that's going to boost up that strength of schedule? Yeah, I think that when you take a look at both of those schedules, I agree with you. I think that Ohio State's schedule has been the a little bit more potent one mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to, to Louisville's schedule. And then I think that there's been a lot more – I shouldn't say a lot more, but there's been a couple more games where Louisville has has played and has really struggled. Duke, they win twenty four to fourteen, but they struggle in that one. Virginia, they win thirty two to twenty five, they struggle in that one. I, I think that there were, you know, those those couple of games out of the ACC, the bottom feeders of that ACC mm-hmm. conference, they really struggled with. They got the wins, but they struggled. And I think that when you take a look at Ohio State, outside of that game where they lost to Penn State, a divisional rival, a, a conference rival, rather, I think that you take a look at that. It wasn't their best game, but it was a game within the conference, and, you know, that is a it, always going to be a probably a hard-fought matchup. But I think that when you really take a look at the rest of the games outside of that, you take a look at that Nebraska game, a, a Nebraska team that has been pretty good this season, ranked number 10 at the time this past weekend, and they blew them out to the wall, 62-3. to So I think that you take a look at the games they played, and then you look at how they played in those games against those ranked teams. So I think that you also have to take a look at on the opposite side, on the flip side, of how Louisville played in those games mm-hmm. against those unranked teams of Duke and Virginia. Well, and I mean, I know that we are right now predicting the college football playoff after Week 10, but just look ahead for Louisville. They've got a Houston team coming up that's going to be on the road, and then they've got a Kentucky team. So they've got two more games that are going to be hard in their own rights. But the one thing I thought about with Ohio State this week is maybe we got to bring back the trend that uh, I I called it last year during college basketball season. I called it the curse of the primetime podcast because there would be times where it would be like, oh, Michigan State undefeated. Can they go all the way undefeated? They'd lose. We would talk about Iowa. Oh, they haven't lost a game. Are they at the top? They'd lose. On this side, we talked just last week about Ohio State and their hopeful and despite the offensive woes and what do they do they score 62 points against nebraska so in that sense i'm sitting there going did we have anything to do with that well of course i'm thinking about myself but i'm like did we have anything to do with that are we bringing back the curse of the primetime podcast but it was interesting to see an ohio state team go and score 62 points after they haven't scored that many points since rutgers when they started the month of Ohio on October 1st. But 
just to kind of give all of this first segment kind of a little bit of an end, Brandon will get down to it. If you are predicting what the committee is going to do this Tuesday, what do you think the top four and the college playoff teams will be on November 8th at about 7 o'clock Eastern time? I'm going to say that the number one team is Alabama. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say the number two team is Michigan. The number three team is Clemson. And the number four team is Ohio State. Here's the interesting thing, and I can't disagree with you. I, I'll i say this. I think Washington is going to be out as well. I'm going to put Ohio State in there at four just because that strength of schedule. Here's the one thing that I think could mix up yours, and I think what we will see on Tuesday. If we go with last week's rankings, we saw Alabama, Clemson, Michigan, and Texas A&M. I think we see the same top three. I think we see Alabama at one, even though they had a close 10-point game against LSU. That's kind of a game you would expect against rivals and good opponents in the SEC. Clemson, Michigan, the thing that will be interesting is did, did Michigan do enough to jump Clemson? And I think that because Clemson and Michigan both had blowout wins and Clemson's was a little bit greater in score, so they'll keep Clemson two, they'll keep Michigan at three, and then it comes down to that fourth spot. I, like I said, I am going to agree with you. I'm going to pick Ohio State only because of the strength of schedule. Yes, Washington has the record. Yes, they have game control. But that strength of schedule is just so far behind an Ohio State And I really do think for Washington, the only saving grace that is going to help them make the playoff at the end of the year, if they want to, is winning the Pac-12. If they could win the Pac-12, they can have that ace in the hole kind of sitting there. But until they have that, I just think that the Pac-12 is so weak that these other conferences, mainly the SEC and the Big Ten, can overtake them without any problems. But that's going to do it. We're going to move on. But before we do, you guys let us know. Give your predictions down below for what do you think the college football playoff is going to look like. And if you're a Washington fan, let us know what you think down below. I know Sean will let me and Brandon know in person what he thinks because he's always supporting his Washington Huskies. But we're going to move on into our next topic now, Brandon, and kind of stay on with those Huskies. And the question that I will pose to you, is at the end of the year, I said that the big saving grace for a Washington Husky team is that they have to win the Pac-12. But can we see a world? We're going to look into our crystal ball, kind of do a little magic and come up with the future. Could we see a future that holds an undefeated, and let's be honest, if they go undefeated, they'll be Pac-12 champions. Could we see an undefeated Washington Husky team miss out on the college football playoff when it's all said and done. Yeah, I think so. I think that we definitely can. And I think it's because, again, there's San Diego State University, you know, mm-hmm. going going undefeated. But did they play anybody? Did they did they really play anyone that, that makes them good enough to for someone to look and go, wow, yeah, you know, they really deserve to be in the playoff. They're undefeated. No. No, that's just not how it works. If that's how it works, there'd be 
There'd be plenty of random teams in the playoffs, and it wouldn't be able to be just four teams. But I think that that's the that's the biggest part for me. It's that you really do have to look at these at, at, at the teams and the quality of the opponent that they're playing and how how well that game went. I mean, I mm-hmm. think sometimes you even have to look into that game. Well, you know, how did you know this undefeated team play against this good team? How did this undefeated team play against this weak team? You know, did it? They did they look at some? Did this did this weaker team help to expose some weaknesses on that undefeated team? You know, that's that's how I'm trying to look at it in the terms of what team should be in in the in the top four in the rankings. And I just I can't bring myself to put Washington there because I don't see them as being a really really strong undefeated team. I do not. I see Ohio State being a much better pick than them, than the Washington Huskies right now at, at this point. I, I certainly do. Well, and with me, are the Huskies a good team? Yes. Do they have a good quarterback? Well, I'm going to say great quarterback. Yes. Are they fun to watch? Yes. But I am going to draw parallels between this team that we see right now and the last Oregon or the last Pac-12 team, which was Oregon, to go to the college football playoff. That Oregon team, 2014, the Chip Kelly um, Oregon system. Even though it was that was Helfrich's first year's head coach, it was basically the Oregon 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 system that Chip Kelly used. That team put up points, put up points ferociously: 62, 46, 48. 38 and 31 were like low scoring games and 42 45 59 45 51 44 47 51 59 and then 20 in the one game that they lost in the college football playoff to Zeke and the Buckeyes this Washington team is kind of similar we're seeing the 48 59 the 40s 70 against Oregon a few 30s here and there so you're sitting there going okay this team kind of reminds me of that Oregon team. A lot a lot of points being scored. They're undefeated at this point. That Oregon team had lost the game. But the thing that I look at and the thing that I think Washington fans and Washington itself should blame is do not blame yourself. Blame your conference for why you are getting disrespected. Don't blame the committee. Don't blame guys like me and Brandon who are and I'm using air quotes, putting you down, blame your conference. Because over the past few years, we have seen the decline of the Pac-12. Oregon this year, crap. Stanford, crap. USC, yeah, they're on the uptick right now, but they're nothing for what they compare to be. Arizona's not what they used to be. Cal is even a lesser opponent right now. Your overall conference is crap compared to everything else. Compared to the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big uh, 12, I'll even say. Well, the thing that you do beat the Big 12 on is you have a conference title game, so at least I can give you kind of props there. But I'd kind of put the Pac-12 and the Big 12 on equal standing almost. And because of your opponents in your conference... That's why you're not doing anything. This year, the 7th-ranked Stanford Cardinals they beat, but where where's Stanford ranked now? Nowhere near there. Nowhere near the rankings. 
17 Utah. Okay, that's still a viable win because Utah's still in the rankings. And then you're going to play 25 Washington State. As of right now, you will have three ranked opponents that you would have played. Oregon. They beat number seven, number seven Michigan State, and that one was at home. They beat number 18 UCLA, who was a good team that year. They beat number 17 Utah. That was a good team that year. And that team, yes, you're saying, oh, but Ricky, they lost to an unranked Arizona team earlier in the season. Yeah, that same Arizona team got itself up to the number seven ranking when these two teams met in the Pac-12 title game. And guess what Oregon did? They spanked them in that title game. So they beat the number seven team twice, the 18 team once, and then the number 17 team. They played more ranked opponents. And I know what you're saying, Ricky, it's one more ranked opponent. But when you look at the average of the ranked opponents, it's a higher average ranking for that Oregon team because they played two top seven ranked teams and then two lowers. You're going to get a 7, a 17, and a 25 for Washington this year. That ain't going to cut it. It's just not going to cut it. Then they played the number three team in the playoff and blew them out. Marcus Mariota blowing out Jameis Winston before they lost to the number four team in Ohio State. So I think that with Washington, the big thing they will have to blame and the big thing why they could get left out, I do see a future where they do get left out of the college football playoff. And the reason why is because of their conference. It's just a weaker conference, and I, to me, I feel like either one one of two conferences is going to take the fourth spot when it's all said and done, Brandon. It's either going to be Ohio State or it's going to be an Auburn team. Those are the two that... I'm going to scratch that three. I'll put Louisville in there maybe because Auburn and Ohio State have to play Michigan and Alabama. So they would have two losses where maybe Louisville has one. So those three teams with Louisville being the outside shot, more so Auburn and Ohio State, could be jumping an undefeated Husky team for that fourth spot when it's all said and done. Do you think that the there's any influence on the Pac-12 not being one of the big teams that are in primetime? When I say big teams, I mean that their teams are not the teams that are usually in prime time. You mean like uh, we, the ABC we, Seven? We, we talked about this, I think, last year or over the over the off season, where people were complaining that their person wasn't going to be a Heisman winner mm-hmm. because uh, that's only the games are played at nine o'clock, ten o'clock mm-hmm. when no one's watching. You know, do you think that really has anything to possibly do with the fact now with the fact now that they're really not getting as much love as they think that they should be getting. Well, I don't think it has to do with the game time per se. Like it's not it's not when the game is played. It's what channel is the game being played on. If it's a normal for the Pac-12, if you're a undefeated team and you're a top 5 top 10 team and you're constantly playing games that are either early afternoon or late evening, but you're on FS1, you're on ESPN2, you're on these lesser channels, you have to be able to say, you know what? 
we got to get ourselves in a position schedule wise where we have to be in ABC seven. Like if you're not playing on those prime locations, like I say, like ABC seven for the nightcap or maybe ESPN, just ESPN one, not like, oh, we're on ESPN two for this late game. No, you have to be on the prime channels. You have to be that prime game of the week that everybody looks and goes, man, dude, dude, we got to finish up whatever we're doing because we got to watch that game tonight. Not like, oh, I walked into Red Robin and I asked them, could they please put on FS1 because I wanted to put on. Well, and that's a perfect example that reminds me. Me, Sean, and Dave, after the fast break two weeks ago, went out to dinner to watch some college football. Sure, thank you for the invite. And we went to, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't invite you, Brandon. (sighs) Don't worry, folks. I was home that week (laughs) and I couldn't go anyways. But we walked into the restaurant. We sit down at the table and Sean's looking on the TVs. He's like, okay, I see Ohio State Northwestern. I see this game. I see that game. He's like, I don't see the Washington game. When you have to then ask the waitress, can can we turn on? Can, can you turn on the game? And of course they're really nice. Oh sure, sure, we'll turn it on. They turned a TV on for him, so only he could see it. Because um, no one else cared. When you have to do that, that says something about your conference and about that game. And for a Pac-12 fan, you're probably sitting there going, "But Ricky, that's a big game. That was a huge game." But nationally, it wasn't. That's what the Pac-12 needs. They need to pull in the more national games. I remember when Oregon went to the college football playoff, I remember saying, well, shit, I got to watch that Oregon-Arizona game. Well, shit, I got to watch this Oregon blah, blah, blah game. Man, that Oregon-Michigan State game, man, I got to watch that. That is what you need, the games that are going to pull people in no matter where they are. You have to bring a national view to your games or else people are going to overlook you because when you get to the college football playoff, yeah, you could be undefeated, but really it's going to be you didn't play any tough teams because most people want to watch the tough games. They want to watch the the games that have the harder teams in it. No, I agree. I absolutely agree with you and I think that you know, there's there I think there is something to be said for the fact that those games really are not on uh, a whole lot mm-hmm. uh when during during prime watching times for people. But I think that at the same time too is that those aren't teams that people necessarily want to be watching, even if they're on primetime. And that's why they're on FS1 or they're on ESPN2 or on a different network. The the games that are on in primetime on ABC, mm-hmm. on ESPN, you are watching your... You're certainly watching your, your Ohio States and your Big Ten. You're certainly watching... Uh, the SEC on CBS. You're certainly watching all those games. Even the ACC sometimes gets a little snub. Mm-hmm. But those are the better teams. Those are the teams that, quite frankly, have the better schedule, have the better matchups, have the games that people want to watch. That's the problem with the Pac-12. Well, and I don't want to go full Colin Cowherd here, but I'm going to bring up something that he has said in the past, and this goes to the Pac-12 in a nutshell, when you don't have teams like, I'm going to throw Oregon out there, even though that wasn't the first one he said, like Oregon, USC, UCLA, if you don't have those big market teams in your conference, 
doing well, people aren't going to want to watch. Look at look at the Pac-12 numbers since USC has fallen from grace in the Pete Carroll era. Look at the teams at the bottom of the Pac-12 right now. Just two years ago, Oregon, they were a college football playoff team. Arizona, top of the Pac-12 South, seventh in the nation when they lost to Oregon. UCLA, last year we were we couldn't get enough of Rosen, Mora, and the UCLA Bruins. All of these teams are towards the bottom now. And in order to get a conference into those primetime games, you have to be compelling. You cannot just be the Washington Huskies. That cannot happen. And that is why Washington is getting snubbed. And that's why I could see them continue to get snubbed unless we see a ton of teams with two losses. Now, one-loss teams, yes. I'm like, okay, they're probably going to outbeat Washington. The only thing that Washington can kind of hang its head on and hope for is that Alabama gets the job done. They knock off Auburn, so Auburn can't have a shot at the SEC title. They need to, Michigan needs to knock Ohio State out, so they have two losses. And Louisville just has to lose. Those three teams that are sitting around, those are the big one-loss threats. I know that West Virginia's sitting there at one loss, and they're the highest Big 12 team right now if I look at the playoff picture. But I really don't see a Big 12 team competing for a dethroning of the Huskies. To me, though, to kind of put it to bed for my side before I let you give your final thoughts, Brandon, the Huskies' problem is their conference. They can't fix it alone. The rest of the conference needs to come up with them, and I wouldn't be surprised if next year we had kind of the same the same thing we saw last year with the with the Pac-12. Oh, Stanford, you're all that in a bag of potatoes. You have all these uh, all these good players. Up, oh, well, this year you're not that good. So maybe next year Washington won't be that good, and we'll find another Pac-12 team to complain about that they're undefeated and not being respected. Well, according to Sports Media Watch Online, the Week 9 game, Washington and Utah, did pretty well by Fox Sports 1 standards. Mm -hmm. So they were the the Pac-12 game of the week. They did pretty well in the ratings. Uh, They had a .9 final rating and 1.4 million viewers on FS1, FS1, which was up 200% in ratings and 185% in viewership from the Oklahoma-Kansas game last year, which was .3 and 482,000 viewers. And then the Huskies win delivered the second best rating in viewership on FS1 this season, trailing only Texas, Oklahoma in week six, which was 1.7 on the ratings and 2.8 million viewers. So FS1 didn't, they didn't do as well as the other networks, obviously. Uh, Florida, Georgia on CBS did better than them. Mm -hmm. Northwestern Ohio State on ESPN did better. Baylor, Texas on ABC did better, and Miami and Notre Dame on NBC did better. They did beat out ESPN2's Texas Tech TCU game and ESPNU's Maryland-Indiana game. But I think that what that says is that it still got good coverage. There were still a good amount of people watching that game. It was a big game. It was game day's spot that they were Mm -hmm. at for that game. They gave it coverage. They talked about it. People are and have been able to watch some of Washington's games this year 
in in the sense of being able to see them in a better time than the nine o'clock or ten o'clock slot that they would usually get for the Pac-12, anyways. So I think that that's one thing that we can maybe start to put to rest a little bit. I just wanted to look at it myself because I was interested. I thought, okay, well, you know what, uh, you know what's really. What, what are they really getting? Are, are they really getting snubbed in, in that time slot, or, or, or are they not? And, and I think that uh, we're seeing that they're, they're really not. It's really not, not that uh, uh, significant, I think, when it, when it comes to that. But that could make a difference. And, and, and for the committee, you just never know with them what, what could be, you know, one thing this year may not be something else the next year. So, I th- and, and, and honestly, week to week, too, sometimes. So I, I, I think that it will be very interesting when we get the ratings for this week because mm-hmm. we had a one-loss team bouncing over a undefeated Pac-12 team last week. Now it'll be interesting because if they put in Washington now, they've just killed their whole argument for why they put A&M in there before. Well, and the interesting thing that I would want to see is we kind of had the same thing this week with Ohio State, Nebraska. I want to see that rating for this week compared to the week before with Washington and Utah. But to me, I think that the big thing has to be the teams that used to be good in the Pac-12 are not anymore. And people are like, oh, yeah, cool. I'll watch this game because it was all promoted for that time slot. But you're not consistently there, and the rest of the teams are not as good as they used to be, and the conference is just a weaker conference overall. But this is where I turn the question on to you guys who are listening. Let us know down below what you guys think. Is Washington in some trouble? Will an undefeated Washington team for sure make the college football playoff? Let us know down below. We're going to move on, though, into our last segment, and This has been a complete college football playoff show, and it's going to continue that way, Brandon, because we are looking at the top. To me, they are the top two teams in college football. I know Clemson was the number two team in the college football playoff rankings last week, but to me, the top two, the best teams this season in college football are Alabama and Michigan. In our midseason predictions, we both had Alabama and Michigan You went Alabama. I went Michigan. That was the only thing that was different. I'm going to ask you this question. Should Alabama be looking over its shoulder at Michigan? Did you see the game this past weekend that Alabama played against LSU in LSU? No, I did not. I was actually buying jeans last night. Ah, yes. $70 jeans. Some jeans. Fucking a ripoff, but go ahead with your point. Hopefully they're not ripped. No, they're not. They're, they're, they're very Just a ripoff. Yeah, just a ripoff. Well, let me tell you, they won 10 to nothing last night, as you, I'm sure, know. But it's not just the fact that they won 10 to nothing. They they held down an LS, a number 13 ranked LSU mm-hmm. team in the country, an LSU team that has always been a big opponent conference opponent, a team that had a lot of energy, was very hyped up to go after Alabama, a team that has been through an an interesting and difficult season to this point, and a team that has not beat Alabama in in the last five tries. This was an outstanding football game. This is a game that Alabama would be playing against Michigan. This is the type of game. Not a lot of offense, but the team that has just enough is going to win. 
Alabama was the team that had just enough. And it's because of their freshman quarterback, true freshman, Jalen Hurts. What a kid. What an athlete. He wasn't able to get it done through the air. I think he only had 104 yards and an interception. But on the ground, he was impressive yet again. 114 yards and a touchdown. This guy is good. And when he is able to make plays and and make plays with his legs, watch out because he's going to get you. And, and I think that this Alabama team is scared of nobody. They are not scared of Michigan. Bring it on. That's what they're saying. That's what they're wanting. They are not looking over their shoulder. They're looking right down the pike, making sure that they're ready for the next team and that next team are the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Well, yeah, and that's the thing is this Alabama team, no, they're not going to look over their shoulder at Michigan yet because Alabama still has tough teams to play within their own conference. Mississippi State, last week, if you would have asked me, I would have said, oh, that's a throwaway game. Alabama wins no problem. After this week, maybe a little bit tougher than I thought last week now that the Bulldogs beat the Texas A&M Aggies, I still think Alabama gets it done. Chattanooga, not a chance, not a chance. Roll Tide in that one. Really, it's that Auburn game. That is going to be a game for the ages, much like the LSU game, but better. It's going to be a close defensive game. Each team, that there might be leads taken back and forth. Auburn might actually score a point, something that LSU did not do this past week, but... That alone is why this Alabama team shouldn't is not going to look over their shoulder for Michigan. They're going to stay, like you said, the, I'm going to say a word that you said, they're looking right down the pike because this is kind of a team that takes it one game, like I, I hate using the cliches, but one game at a time, one snap at a time, and then they'll play whoever they get to because that's how Nick Saban coaches this team. Nick Saban's not a guy that focuses in on the rankings, oh, who could we play here and there. This is the opponent we're playing. This is who we're dealt. They're the next ones. They are the only ones that matter. However, I am going to flip it onto this. I think Michigan, well, besides Auburn, I think Auburn will challenge Alabama in a unique way, something that they have not seen in the SEC to this point. But I think the only team in college football that has a real chance of beating Alabama is Michigan. I think Michigan's one of the only teams that could beat this Alabama Crimson Tide team. I think you're right because I think that Michigan is a team with their defense that is able to pull together a, a type of game like last night mm-hmm. at LSU, a 10 nothing type game, a 10-3, a 17 a to 10, a 17 to 6, something like that. I, I don't think that Al, if, if Alabama and if Michigan were ever faced off, ever had a face off against each other this year in the playoffs, I think that that's the type of game we're getting. I don't think we're seeing a high score on either side. It's going to be a great game. Either te- both teams have really good teams. Both teams have really, really good systems. Both teams have great coaches. Both teams have great defenses and really good offensive weapons. But I think that at the same time, we would see two very hot teams come together, clash, and I could see a very low-scoring game. But I do think 
that you don't necessarily want to get too far ahead of yourself because there are still big games coming up for Alabama. And as much as no one really thinks that there's any more big games for the Michigan Wolverines outside of Ohio State at Mm -hmm. the end, I think that don't overlook Iowa and don't overlook Indiana. I, I think that I wouldn't overlook either of those teams because they they're both they're both playing spoiler. I they I'd both could Indiana, be playing spoiler. I put Indiana ahead of Iowa. I would too. I just put them in order yeah, of how they'll yeah. be played. But I, I, I think that uh Indiana's been that team who's mm-hmm. liked to play that spoiler throughout their their career. Well, and the one thing I'm looking at is uh, the quarterbacks for the three teams that we've kind of mentioned. Alabama, Michigan, of course, but even Auburn. And I think that quarterback play is going to be huge when it comes to Alabama-Auburn then Alabama-Michigan if we get that in the college football playoff. Because depending, if it was last week's rankings, we're going to get that. Actually, you know what? Either way, we're probably going to get that in the national title game because I don't see Michigan dropping down to four because if they lose, they'll probably be out of it. Then that, In that case, they might be a four. That Ohio State-Michigan game then is going to decide that. But right now it looks like if those two teams are going to meet, it is going to be in the national championship game. But I look at the three quarterbacks we have. we got Hurts, we've got Sean White for Auburn, and then we've got Spates for Michigan. And I think for Alabama... Hurts could be enough to get past Auburn because, yeah, Auburn is playing well, but Sean White is also a a younger quarterback, underclassman. He's a sophomore, and really that defense for Alabama is tough, and I think that they could force him into mistakes more so than Auburn's defense could force Hurts. That's why that's going to be probably another close game, more like the 10 nothing kind of score we saw against LSU. The thing that Michigan has on its side, and I think that would help a Michigan team in a showdown with Alabama, is both teams have amazing defenses. But the one thing Michigan has that all Alabama doesn't is a veteran quarterback. They've got the junior upperclassman quarterback, compared to Hertz as a freshman. And the key thing for Hertz, I'm not saying that, oh, he's gonna he's gonna spoil it in the national championship stage. There are some points in seasons when freshmen have freshman moments. So far though that hasn't happened for Jalen Hertz. But when you see a freshman, you always gotta be weary of, okay, when's this kid gonna have a freshman moment? There's been so many times this season that Jalen Hurts could have had a freshman moment. So many games. That Ole Miss game. Mm-hmm. Go back to that high-scoring affair. That one could have easily gotten away from Alabama because the defense did give up a lot of points, but the offense was able to put up a lot of points. Jalen Hurts, again, it was it was through him. I mean, this this team, this offense has really run through through him. And I think that uh, he's been he's been incredible in, in the big moments. And I think the biggest moment was on the stage last night. And he came up and he did a he had a phenomenal performance. So I don't think that that really matters to be honest with you. Because as much as Jalen Hurts again a true freshman, I, I think that uh, he has been learning each and every week throughout this season, and he's been getting better and better and better and better. And you can see, you can see what he's been. What he's been doing is that he realizes that he doesn't need to necessarily force it through the air. 
He doesn't need to force the passes. Has he thrown some interceptions? Yes, he has. But he realizes that, guess what? You're talented with your feet. Mm-hmm. You can use your legs to, to, to move the ball down the field, and you can do it yourself. That's why Alabama has been so good. That's why Jalen Hurts has been so outstanding this season. Because he realizes he doesn't have to put it all on his arm. He's able to also continue to put it on him, but that he can move the football with his legs and make plays that way. And that's, I think, what makes him just as good as a veteran because he knows it. And that's like, I want to get this straight. I'm not saying that, oh, Jalen Hurts is trash. I'm not saying because he's a freshman he's going to have a bad game. You're not saying that. I know you're not saying that. I'm saying to go and counter your (laughs) argument because with um, Spate, because – you said that since he's the veteran, mm-hmm. you know, do they have the advantage? No, because I think Jalen Hurts has had to grow up really fast this season with the games that have been thrown at him, especially with this past weekend's game against LSU. And here's where I was going. The reason why I said that is more for the viewers, because I know I know you know what I'm saying, Brandon. I just don't want anyone in the comment section getting it twisted, saying that I said one thing when... This is what I'm really saying. The thing that, and I am really hoping for this Alabama-Michigan National Championship game because I think this would be the best national championship we would ever that we had ever seen because it'll be defensive. The offenses will have to be smart in their play calling, in their execution, and there is nothing more than I would want to see than the freshman quarterback that's been stunning us all year winning games in Jalen Hurts having to go up against the one defensive player that is probably going to be, it's either going to be him or Miles Garrett that is the highly, the like top defensive player taken in the NFL draft in Jabril Peppers. The kid that can do it on defense, he can do it on offense, he can do it in the punt return game. That's what I want to see. And... With me, it would all come down to what, because Alabama's front seven is scary. So you're probably not going to run a lot on that Auburn team. That's why Wilton Spates would have to be the guy that you lean on in that one. And because with Alabama, you've seen success from Hurts, what can he do against a secondary that is led by the kind of defensive back linebacker hybrid in Jabril Peppers, and that is why I hope we get the matchup. I hope we get the matchup we are all looking for. I hope we don't get Washington, Alabama. I hope we don't get Clemson, Alabama in a national title game. I hope we don't get Ohio State, Alabama, because I don't think Ohio State is going to do anything against Alabama this year. And I know two of those, Ohio State and Washington, will probably be playing Alabama in the first round of the college football playoff and not the national championship. It's either going to be Clemson or Michigan that gets that honor. But before we wrap up the show, before we go into final our Swanee's final thoughts, is there any final kibosh that you want to put on this one between Alabama and Michigan? I, I just think that these two teams, they meet up. This is going to be one of the best games in college football that we will have probably seen in some time. I really hope that we get to see it. It would be the best of the best clashing with each other. Well, and before we, before I do the house cleaning where I clean up everything before the end of the show, 
Let's uh, do what we always do at the end of the primetime podcast, Swanee, and let's go to Swanee's final thoughts. Well, you know, Ricky, coming up on Tuesday, it's voting day. It's a big day in America. You've got Hillary Clinton on the Democratic side. You've got Donald Trump on the Republican side. There's there's big decisions here. There's big decisions here for the country. And and folks, I, I think that it's it's very important that you go out. I think it's very important that you go out and you vote. And and the way that 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 I see it, the the way that I really think that you need to vote is you need to write in the Alabama Crimson Tide because they are number <laughs> one in the nation and they need to be the ones that you write in, number one in the rankings and number one above anything else. Go Roll Tide. That's really what you're going with? You're going with the Alabama Crimson Tide as your, uh, your write-in? I'm going to actually piggyback off of that, and this is more on a serious note like you were going for. The one thing that I want everyone to remember this Tuesday is I'm going to read you guys something that I saw on my Facebook timeline from one of my Facebook friends, and here it is. As we prepare to vote this election, I just want to spend a, send a friendly reminder to everyone that has their reasons why they are voting for their candidate. I understand arguments are inevitable, but don't lose sight of your friends and family over your political opinions. You're at the voting booth once every four years. You're with your friends and family every single day. And that's the one thing that's most important. Do not lose sight of friends and family just based on who you're voting for, either side A or side B. I want to thank you guys for listening to the Primetime Podcast this week. Let us know down below anything that you thought about today's podcast. Make sure to also check us out on Twitter. I'm at Ricky Widmer. Brandon is at Young underscore Swan 19. You can also check us out on Facebook, Twitter for most valuable podcasts. Those are down in the description. And most importantly, patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. You'll like the show. You'll want to see a little bit more of us. Maybe want to see our faces if you were on YouTube. Go check that out at patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. Want to thank you guys one more time for checking out the show today. We will be back next week. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at most valuable pod for more great podcasts. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.